that one day was like, I felt I had no future. I felt I had no hope. I felt completely hopeless, completely worthless. But God was saying, no, wait a minute. I am your hope. I am the light. I am everything that you need. You are listening to the Christian Music Archive podcast, part of the new release today podcast network. I'm your host, Dave Maurer. Each week, I share stories about Christ, community, and music, chatting with musical guests who you will find listed on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. There are thousands of creative men and women who have helped shape the soundtrack of the Christian faith, and we get to hear their stories, learn about how Christ has made a difference in their life, and hopefully along the way, we'll learn how we can be a better part of our community. I like hearing stories about people who are so passionate about their beliefs that they give up everything to pursue their goal. I think of the self-educated Italian who was convinced that there was money to be made in the sale of spices. So he bet everything he had and convinced the Spanish government to fund his expedition so he could find a more direct route to the East Indies. Christopher Columbus ended up becoming an explorer, investigating and scouting the land that would eventually become the Americas in 1492. Can you envision his pitch to the Spanish monarchs? His enthusiasm and drive must have been infectious because Queen Isabella put up what in today's money would be about a half a million dollars to fund his expedition. Today, I'm chatting with a couple of folks who are super passionate about their walk with Jesus and the importance of knowing the truth. Angelo and Veronica are musicians that have been making music since the 1990s, but they have felt so convinced that discipleship and the gospel are more important than a music career that today they pastor a church seeking to train others with the truth of God's word. Stick around. We'll hear from Angelo and Veronica right after I tell you about Mercy, Inc. When I tell you about Mercy, Inc. each week, I hope to paint a picture of God's people making a difference worldwide. Today, we are traveling to a Haitian classroom. Picture eight to 10 kids sitting on a bench that was made for five. They are dressed in their uniforms and they're learning to read and write. You see, there is no public school system in Haiti, which is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. So parents have to decide between buying food or sending their kids to school. This is where Starfish Kids comes in. There are 32 Starfish schools throughout Northern Haiti with about 700 sponsored kids. At the heart of the Starfish program is the desire to impact one child's life at a time through a relationship with Jesus. Now, picture those same kids sitting in the dirt courtyards of their home, reading the Bible to their families and neighbors. Picture moms and dads coming to know Jesus because their child shared the good news with them. Your donation makes all of this possible. For just $25 a month, you can sponsor a Haitian child so that they can attend a Starfish school and learn about Jesus. For less than a dollar a day, you share the hope of Jesus and impact a child's life. Would you be willing to sponsor a kid today? Visit mercyinc.org. That's mercyinc.org, where you can make a difference today. I first learned about Angelo and Veronica back in 1992 when they released their album Higher Place on Benson Records. 
And I just learned that they recorded that before they were married. Uh, So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But since that time, they've gone on to release more than a dozen albums, both as a duo and a few solo projects. Veronica has also written a book called How I Made It Out Alive, documenting her journey through and victory over depression. And I'm excited to hear about that. In 2015, they started a higher place church where they minister together each week. So it's obvious that we have a lot to talk about in the next 30 minutes. So join me in welcoming to the podcast, Angelo and Veronica. Welcome. Well, Yay, thank you for thank having you us. Thank you so much, Dave, for having us. Oh, it's exciting. I, uh, when we first got this connected, I thought, man, I've been listening to these guys forever. It's going to be fun to talk <laughs> <laughs> finally. So. Wow. wow. Well, Great. this is a Christian thank music you. archive. We talk about music. So let's start with talking music. Now, I, I know that you guys met at the Berklee College of Music in Boston. So what what took you guys there? Obviously music, but I mean, what was your path there and and how did you guys get connected there? I actually went to Berkeley uh, 10 years prior to Veronica. Okay. And Veronica, because we're 11 years apart. She's she's 11 years older than me. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Nice try. (laughs) No, but... um, I was actually a, a jingle singer in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. I was actually the number one jingle singer. Any any work that was done was done by me ah. at a studio in, in, in the north end of Boston. And so when I saw Veronica, so I was singing at a session, and one of the girls said, hey, why don't you come see the Berkeley College Choir tonight? And I said, I would love to. So she gave me a ticket, and I went. And I remember Veronica, was it your 20th birthday? Uh, my 19th birthday. 19th birthday. Yeah. Okay. And they introduced her at, at Berkeley College of Music in, in the uh, Berkeley Performance Center. And um, she came out and she started to sing, Brother. I just, I just shook my head. I'm like, because this was when Mariah Carey was was just hot. Okay. She was getting hot. Well, and all these, all these quote unquote R&B singers were singing and stuff. And I, I'm going to just be honest with you. I said, "There's no nobody's going to touch this girl. Mm. You're going to hear about her." Yeah, I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know really didn't even know her name until after the concert. I asked her, I go, "Who's that girl?" Because that's Veronica. I told her, I said, "She's amazing." Blah blah blah. And a year later, I walked into a nightclub, and my CD friends were saying, "When you hear this girl sing, Angelo, you're gonna she's gonna blow your mind." And I went, "Sure, she is." <laughs> I walk in. I lean against the wall and I look up on the stage and this is a place where they have like a lot of live acts and okay. you know show show kind of groups so it's real kind of slick kind of a place yeah and uh, you know more professional nightclub rather than just a bar okay if it's more for the band come see the band kind of thing yeah that back of the day out of music yeah music venue but I remember looking up and, and it was dark and it was like because the stage was high and like I saw like all this junky equipment. I'm, I'm saying to myself, what in the world is this? Is this a joke? Right? All of a sudden, the lights come on, and I see three girls standing up front <laughs> talking to each other. When the lights come on, you're supposed to perform. <laughs> it was hilarious, right? But I remember when, when Veronica, she, she stood out front. And this is the truth, and you hear it all the time from guys. I said, that's my wife. Mm. Now, you have to understand, I, lived, I I was 30 years old. I was living home with my parents. 
And I had actually had a girlfriend who was Italian, who my parents loved. And, you know, they thought, praise the Lord, our yeah. son is finally going to get out of here <laughs> and get married. <laughs> well, the next day, this Linda girl comes to my house and I go, honey, I'm not in love with you. And she drives off. Oh, wow. And my parents are looking outside the, in the picture window. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. That's a oh, long wow. time ago. And I walk in the house, and my mother goes, where's Linda? And I go, who? Uh-oh. I go, Linda. She goes, she, she, he goes, oh, I told her I was not in love with her, and I wouldn't marry her. And my, my father <laughs> goes, what? I go, I found my wife. Mm. They looked at me, and they go, who? What's her name? And I go, I don't know her name yet. Oh, no. <laughs> That's how smart I was. Didn't even know her name. Uh, I forgot her name. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, like long story short, two months later, we were pretty much we were engaged to be married. Yeah. Two months yeah. later. So Veronica, what was it that you saw in Angelo that made you go, Oh, here's the guy? Come on, Dave. <laughs> Why even ask that question? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, it was either between when I first heard him sing a Luther Vandross song. Mm. <laughs> And, or it was when he, I remember uh, he was, do, you know, doing a wedding for a couple and the bride came in and I remember him speaking to the bride and how nice he was to her, Yeah, you know, and it was like, I saw him, you know, just, you know, speaking to, to, uh, you know, the bride to be, you know, cause he was, you know, singing at their wedding and stuff. And he was just <clears> so <throat> kind. And I, and I, I fell in love with that. I was like, oh my God, he's such, such, such a, a good hearted, nice, kind person. Yeah. And, um, so. What did that, that change? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's what I remember. That's the, I think those are the two things I remember just like sweet. falling in love with. So yeah. what was the first time you guys actually made music together? Well, that's funny because I didn't want, I had been doing a duo in these restaurants with another girl for many years. And then Veronica came and my, my, the girl who was with me, she goes, oh, let, let her sing, let her. I go, no, no, I don't, I don't want to sing with my, my girlfriend. This is my wife, I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry her. We're not gonna sing together, that's not going to happen. Wow. She convinced me, she goes, let her sing the Whitney Houston song. I go, no, 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 I don't think she knows that song. Well, Veronica knew the song, I'm your baby tonight. And she gets up, brother. This has never happened to me in a club. Never. <laughs> the people that were dancing on the floor stopped singing and turned around and watched her. Wow. And the girl that I was with, her eyes got as big as an orange peel. It's like, <laughs> she looked at me like, are, are you kidding me? She, when we got done that, with that set, that set of music, she said, I need to talk to you. She took me. She goes. She goes. I'm bowing out. You're gonna. You're gonna work with her. Oh wow, wow. That's who you gotta be with. And 30 years later, you guys are still years. making music. Yeah. And doing some amazing yeah. things. That's that's fun. That's fun to hear. Well, about. it was crazy because we went to Florida, and we didn't. We never wrote a song in our lives. I never wrote a song in my life. 30 years, even as a musician. Hmm. And these two young guys that on the studio, they said, "Hey," because they they fell in love with Angelo Veronica. 
said, come to the studio and record. So we went there to record like a little demo mm. of mm-hmm. other people's music. Sure. Right? Co- cover music. So the guy says to Veronica, he says, don't, don't you guys write your own music? And that was the seed that was planted. No kidding. Which yeah, we started writing after that, yeah. mm-hmm. after that time, after yeah. he kind of put that bug in our ear, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And he suggested to us that, you know, you guys need, need original music. Right. And um, and it's funny because Angelo was literally looking for a song out in the garage because uh, I mm. asked him, I said, I want to hear the original arrangement of a certain song that we had recorded that, you know, cause sometimes, you know, music will change so drastically, you know, with the producers and, and all, all this, all these things, you know, with the record label. And so I said, I really want to hear this original arrangement. So he went out in the garage and by some miracle found, found not only that song, but found 11 other songs and that actually became and these these were the first songs that we wrote oh, okay. and recorded before Benson Records. Okay. Before Higher Place album. This was before, in my mother's before basement. Before record before a Christian record label. And we we listened to it and we're like, oh my gosh, this actually sounds good. What is Sonically, what, you know, because we wanted to I wanted to hear it. just one of those songs. Yeah. And we ended up finding twelve songs and that that has actually become the what we're releasing this month on our 30th anniversary Very called cool. the original recordings 1990 nine and nine or 91 yeah one of those years yeah and um and because we were like wow this is this is this is incredible the first songs that we ever wrote and recorded ever. yeah which oh, which is like there was most of them I think there's seven of them, six or seven of them, that were never, ever released. Okay. Is it, we right. had Knocking on Your Door, Higher Place. Uh, yeah, five of those songs five, five, made, five. I'm sorry, four of those songs made Higher Place album. Correct. Okay. And then another song actually made another album. So, but seven of those songs have never been heard. And not, not actually none of the recordings have been heard. In fact, the ones that are on iTunes right now, those have never been heard or or been recorded by anybody but us. When I was young, my mother taught me to love. When I grew up, I found that it could be tough. Oh, so easily, but when I 
I didn't have any of the fancy stuff. It was basically out of my mixer, right onto the right onto the DAT tape. That was it. Very fun. Like the reverbs, are, you can tell the reverb is back in the eighties. An you old know, spring big, reverb, right? Oh my goodness! Well, the two of you have been very, very outspoken about the importance of discipleship, and in fact, on the vision statement on your church webpage, it says we are looking to make disciples and not church members. What is it about discipleship that is so important to you guys that you focus? I mean, that's the focus of your church. Very, very simple. Really simple. Let's let's take our Savior. Yeah. He spoke to the multitudes, did he not? Yep. How many did he disciple? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. How many did he pastor? Twelve. No man is capable of pastoring more than twelve men, mm. period. End of story. I've had this debate with pastors that have 5,000, 10,000 members. Sure. And I said to them, how? I said, so every one of those people know you personally. They know you intimately. You can speak into their lives intimately and openly. It's impossible. It cannot happen. Jesus was the model. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. That's not going to change. He's not going to change. In other words, he doesn't go out of style because, oh, they didn't have these buildings when he was mm. then. Right. And he was right. walking earth. See, that's, and I tell him, I say, no, we have to be in him, not in, not him and us. No, the change has got to be in you, not in him. Yeah. He's not changing. Yes. That's it's the great. same. Yep. So the discipleship is, is, is very important to us because, again, it's, it's, it's one on one, like, like right here, the three of us. Yeah. When two or more gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of us. We don't have to have 50,000 people around us. In fact, 1 Corinthians 5 tells it all. Paul said, don't even break bread with one who calls himself a brother who's in sexual immorality, right? Mm, yeah. Went, he went down a list. Yeah. I mean, what did he say? Throw them out of church. So wait a minute. So everybody you go to church with is not a sinner. It's not a fornication, not adulterous, not not a homosexual, nor a feminine. None of those things are in the church. And we go to church, like in Hebrews 10, it says, do not forsake the assembling together, right? Right, right. But Paul's talking about sin. He's not talking about kumbaya by the fireplace. You know, hanging out with your friends and, and, and talking about the word of God. That's not what, the, what's not what he's talking about there in the scripture. The church has taken this, marketed it, because that's how you get people in church. 
because you tell them, don't be, you can't be lonely. You need to, well, let me tell you something. I'd rather be all alone and know that I'm going to be with God hmm. than be with a bunch of sinners who say they're brothers. So one of the reasons I started this podcast was about the importance of community. And what you're talking about, this discipleship, is that community piece, right? Living sure. together, not necessarily in the sure. same house, but walking sure, through sure. life together, experiencing situations together, and discussing how is it that we, as a believer in Jesus, can walk through these situations that are tough and challenging and, and hard, uh, mm, whether whether it be a, a medical thing, whether it be a, a financial ruin, whatever. How do we do sure. that as a follower sure. of Jesus and encourage one another? And that's what you're talking about, right? Absolutely, because you know, there's a lot of people, guys, the people that we deal with personally that are struggling in different areas. So we were able to handle that. If I had 50 people that I had to deal with that with, how can I possibly pour into them my time, okay, which I don't have time because I have a full-time job, plus I have the ministry, which is a full-time job, mm -hmm. plus I have recording and producing and, and, and all this other stuff. So I have many hats I have to wear. Yeah. So as a pastor, I can't pastor any more than 12. I'd have a hard time with 12, <laughs> right. to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Veronica, you want to quit coming on that? No, I mean, I, I have to say that Higher Place Church, this this online, it's really it's really an online ministry, I mean, we, but we've connected with people all over the world. Um, it, it truly has changed my life. And this is what we say to people all the time, all the time. Please read the Bible for yourself. Yep. That's one of the most important things that you will ever do as a believer, because yeah. this is the way that you connect with God. Yes. And, and so all that you hear in church or at a ministry or through a preacher should really just be confirmation of what you've already known yeah. in the word of God. And, and, and one of the most vital things to do is to check everything your pre your pastor or preacher says with God's word. Be yes. a good Berean. Mm -hmm. And so that is, that's changed our lives. And that's why I say that Angela and Veronica are truth seekers, yeah. because it's the truth that makes you free. Yes. You know, yeah. and we always just wanted to be free. We felt so entangled at one time, uh, just through in the in the music industry, we mm -hmm. felt so entangled, so oppressed, mm -hmm. so um, so trapped. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Our desire has always been to be made free, and and it's only through Jesus Christ and applying His Word, doing it, not just hearing it, yes. but hearing it, understanding it, and doing it. Yeah. And, and David, that's and yeah. that's that's faith, yeah. you and know. David, David, Jesus warned us over and over and over of the wolves in sheep clothing. Mm -hmm. He's warned us of the false, fake apostles, of the prophets rather. Mm -hmm. the, 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 he, he's warned us. He said in, in Matthew twenty four, "Don't let, do not let man deceive you." Right. We're around ravenous wolves. Just because it's a church doesn't mean the pastor is called to be a pastor. Right. Most of these guys are better marketers than they are pastors. They know how to market the building, raise money, get get money, but 
disciple people is a whole different ball game than building a church, mm. a building, you know, the, the aesthetics of the, of the lights and the, you know, and all that stuff, you know, uh, where it's in our home, it's minimal. I spent most of my life, most of my working career as an accountant. And one of the things that a parallel to what my spiritual life is, is they were talking about bank tellers, how they trained them to understand what counterfeit money is. They don't show them counterfeit money and say, this is counterfeit, this is counterfeit. They say, they study the wow. real thing. And that way, they're yes. so familiar yes. with what a real dollar bill is or what a real $100 bill is that when a fake comes across, they know exactly what it is. And that's what wow. you're talking about when you're talking that's about excellent. read that's the really Bible, good. know the real thing, so Come that when a fake thing. comes across, you can say, oh, that's not true. That's not what the reality of gospel is. And uh, exactly. so that's exactly what you guys are talking about. That is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, illustration. <laughs> wonderful. Well, one of the things you guys talked about was going through, you know, working with each other with with a small group of people and going through some tough, tough situations. And Veronica, you specifically wrote a book about a tough situation in your life called yes. How I Made It Out Alive. I kind of in, alluded to that in the introduction. Talk to us a little yes. bit about what what was the impetus behind that book? What was your experience going yeah, through that? Absolutely. Well, um, you know, we were at, um, I guess, the so-called pinnacle of our careers. We had traveled the world. We had, um, everything was seemingly going good in our marriage and in our ministry. We had already uh, just, you know, recorded all these albums and won awards. And um, you know what? I found myself more empty and more unhappy than I'd ever been. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, so I remember one day we had moved to uh, a beautiful new home um, and new city, new home. I mean, every, every again, everything was seemingly yeah. going right or yeah. the way that we planned and our dreams were coming true and all that. And I remember just having our son. He was maybe about five or six months old. And... Um, Angelo took him out to give me a break. I remember that day I planned to take my life. Wow. I literally heard a voice telling me, you are not a good wife. You are not a good mother. You are not a good Christian. And mm. you'd be doing more harm than good by staying in the world. Wow. And I planned, I planned to take my life. Now, I had struggled with depression for a long time. I mean, I had... And, and what, I, what I was able to figure out from that whole experience is that I had a spirit of fear mm -hmm. that had been with me since I was a little girl. And this spirit lied to me all the time. I struggled with so much insecurity and so much uh, fear, mm -hmm. and that just snowballed into depression and self-hatred and... I mean, just, just on and on and on with just, just awful negative emotions that were always tearing me down inside. And so, you know, come alongside the music industry that really <laughs> emphasizes hmm. your insecurities, your hmm. fears and, and yeah. all these things, you know, and I just, after, after that time, um, so, oh, so let me just tell you. That, I mean, that day I really was, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to end it all. Because I had had suicidal thoughts hmm. before, but never as dark as that one day. And I remember 
Angelo, all of a sudden Angelo came in with our son and it was like, I was like, I just came back into reality just a little bit, just long enough to be like, what am I doing? What mm. am I doing? Yeah. What is going on here? And I cannot continue to live my life like this anymore. You know, so I'm just, I was just crying out to God. I said, God, what do I do? I, 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 I need to change. And I didn't know how, I didn't know how this could, could change. You know, I thought, okay, am I going to live with this the rest of my life? What's, what do I do? So I remember just sitting in church one day and I remember the preacher saying, I don't even really remember anything else, but I remember him saying, when you read the Bible, read it out loud. And I went home with that. I said, okay, read it out loud. Now we had been Catholics growing up, you know, but now yeah. we were born again believers, yeah. you know? So that was really a concept that I didn't really know. So I remember, um, opening up just a, like a, uh, a, uh, uh, like a promise book, you know, mm -hmm. that somebody gave me on the road and opening up and highlighting certain scriptures. One of them was two Timothy one seven. God did not give us a spirit of fear, yes. but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And it was at that very time that I realized, oh my gosh, I have a spirit of fear. Yeah. This is a real, true spirit that is speaking to me, that is lying to me, that is deceiving me. Mm -hmm. Then another scripture was um, uh, Psalm 139.14, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelous are thy works. Yeah. And... Um, that was that just was like, wow, wait a minute. I don't have to feel so down about myself all the time because God made me and and he made created me in his image. Yeah. And then the other scripture was uh Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for God knows the plans that he has for you, yeah. plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. And that one day was like I felt I had no future. I felt I had no hope. I felt completely hopeless completely worthless and but god was saying no wait a minute i am your hope i am the light i am everything that you need and so from that moment on through through the word of god through speaking god's word and really getting it into my heart yeah you know it's one thing to hear it it's another thing to really receive it for yourself, right. you know, and, and start living it, and it start and and it's starting to become a part of you. So after that day, I just started to learn to live by faith. <laughs> Instead of living in fear, I started to live by faith, and you that know. depression and that heaviness just, just lifted began lifted, yeah. started to lift off of me. And it was this very slow process. Yeah. But now I can truly say that I am delivered from depression Wonderful. and I can help guide somebody else out and lead them out, you know, and tell them, look, this is what you got to do. And this is how you get, you know, get God's out of the dark and get into the light of God, Amen. you know, into the love of God. Yeah. So that, that, that has forever changed my life and been a defining moment for me. And it's, it's absolutely changed me as, and you know what? It made me a re, a true Christian <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as opposed to, uh, a, you know, not a very good one, you know? And I just so. want to say this, my wife, the word of God permeates through my wife. And I'm going to tell you something. 
she has helped me as a man to become a man that I'm that I was supposed to be and that I'm going to be even at 63 years old that I'm still learning to be a better man for my family for for my wife and most of all my relationship with Jesus Christ because I don't want to be a fake I don't want to be a hypocrite I don't want to be the one yeah, yes. I, you know I yeah. just, I want to be the real deal. You see that so much, and I hope this is okay to say, and you see that so much within the music industry, the Christian music industry, the gospel music industry, um, that it's like, wow, I don't want to be that. I want to be real for Christ. You know, not perfect. You know, God doesn't call us to be perfect. But you know what? He calls calls us to be uh, our hearts to be for him and to be living lives of sincerity and truth, Mm. you know, and to not walk in hypocrisy. And it was like, wow, you know what? I don't, I, I, you know, we look at that and it's like, wow, I don't want to be that. I don't want to turn into that. And I guess when you feel like you're turning into that, it's like, wait a minute, hold on. No, I got to go the other way. I have to do something called, repentance you know (laughs) and go the other way you know and flee from sin and change my mind through the word of god and become renewed and i want to say this honey that you know people a lot of people think we're judgmental or critical or mean or hateful and i said you know what jesus christ never apologized for what he said now he felt bad and he wept but he never backtracked and never said Oh, I didn't mean to say it like, no, he said it, it was. So as a minister of the gospel, if you know the gospel, you need to preach the gospel and have no apologies for it. And again, it's it's measuring it up against the truth, which is like my pastor says, it's the book. He calls it the book. The Bible is where we need to be measuring our lives up against to make sure that we are, again, back to our banknote example, we are knowing what the yes. truth is so that yeah. there's no doubt in our minds when something isn't accurate. Every Saturday, I send out a newsletter to a bunch of folks who have committed to praying for artists. And so how can we specifically be praying for Angelo and Veronica in the weeks and the months that are in front of us? Wow. Oh my gosh, yes, that we fulfill... God's will, you know, uh, the Bible says, uh, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So that, um, so yeah, people can pray for us that we do the will of God, that we do the will of uh, our Father. Yes, yes, and fulfill the work of the ministry. I'll admit that from time to time, I've dealt with depression. And the more I talk to people, I hear about lots of folks who struggle with ongoing depression, a lot of them much deeper than what I've felt. I understand that there are clinical and medical reasons for depression, but I'm also convinced that just like cancer or any other disease, depression is not what God originally intended for us. So I'm always interested to hear how God is healing people who are battling this disease. In Veronica's case, it was the truth of God's word that helped her. It was her recognition that the spirit of fear was not from God. It was her acknowledgement that she was fearfully and wonderfully made by God who had a plan for her life. It was through the unvarnished truth of Scripture 
that she began to find healing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there's anything inappropriate about going to a counselor or getting a doctor's prescription to help deal with depression. But I do believe that what God wants for us is wholeness and a relationship with him. In my experience, the more I dig into the Bible and meditate on the words from Scripture, the more tools I find I have to combat the troubles that life throws at me. Notice I didn't say solve the problems of life, but I obtained tools that help me put my situations into perspective. And as we discussed with Angelo and Veronica, being rooted in the truth of the book is going to provide every truth we need for our daily lives. God's word will change our perspective. Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, that you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Psalm 119.11 talks about the importance of hiding God's word in our hearts so that we won't sin against God. So if you aren't in practice of doing this already, I'd really encourage you to spend time reading God's word, reading the Bible, reading the book. It is one of the best ways we have of hearing God speak into the issues of our lives. This week, I played a clip of Angelo and Veronica's song, My Brother, which you will find on their brand new album called The Original Recordings, 1990-91. That album released just this week, and I'd like to thank Angelo and Veronica for the permission to share this song with you. And don't forget, the best way to support musicians you hear on the podcast is to purchase music directly from the artist's website. So I'll put links to all of Angelo and Veronica's contact information in the show notes for this episode. As always, thank you for joining me for this conversation today. I am grateful that we get to spend this time together each week hearing stories of God's amazing faithfulness. As a regular listener to this podcast, would you be willing to rate us on your favorite podcast app? A five-star rating or a review really helps us spread the word about this show. Next week, I'm talking with Stephen Stanley, a new artist on Sparrow Records. We're going to talk about growing up as a preacher's kid and about a jet ski accident that shifted the direction of his life. So be sure to join me next week, and every week for that matter, when I share stories of the people you'll find on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. And to close things out today, I'm reminding you this. Remember, God loves you. In fact, he's crazy about you. It's time for another Mischievous Mowers Miscellaneous Misquotes. The first time I got a Universal Remote, I thought to myself, man, this changes everything. <laughs>